Well, I've been joining you online the last couple of weeks. Um, I've been traveling. I was uh, over in, in America um, doing a, a number of different things. And uh, seeing God break out there was able to help a church restructure itself. And then I was at a missions conference with 800 mission, uh, missionaries from around the world. How can you not preach in an atmosphere like that? You can imagine I was out of control in that moment. And uh, yeah, I'm so thankful that we're a church that has a vision for our local. We have a vision for our nation and we have a vision for our world. Amen. We believe that God wants to use us to make a difference in our local in our national, but also in the ends of the earth. So it was a privilege there. And also it was a privilege that um, when I was there, I was given a doctorate in ministry and that was presented. And so um, if you know my background of education, that's a major thing that God did there in my life over the last 35 years. And so I'm a doctor now, but I don't do feet. All right. I just want to, I just want to put that out there. Please don't show me your feet after the meeting. It's not that sort of doctor, all right? Now, we've been on a journey together and we started the new year and we were talking about stepping out of what was old, stepping into new. And then the last couple of weeks, you had some incredible ministry from from, uh, my my awesome wife, Gina, and, and Pastor Stuart on walking on roads of happiness and walking on roads of doing what's right. There was some good teaching over the last couple of weeks. Now, I want to continue a little bit and just say, listen, when you're on the right pathways, it's because you're going in a new direction. God has a new direction. For, I'm, I'm going to get distracted by my notes. Is that okay if I screw them up and throw them away? Is that okay? Now, God wants to put you on a new direction and every one of us are on a journey, all right? Now, It doesn't matter what that context is. All of us are on a journey. God has got new things for you. The Bible says we go from, I hope I remember my Bible references now. Now the Bible says we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, amen. We go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. It also says in the book of Psalms that blessed is the man, the woman, who sets their heart on pilgrimage or journeying. Listen, as followers, of Jesus Christ, we need to make sure that our hearts are set on pilgrimage. What is pilgrimage? Going from where we are and what we've known into that which we've not yet seen or experienced. God is a God of journeys, amen. So often religion wants to stop you journeying with God, yet the Spirit of God is keep on journeying, be a pilgrim. We all know that one day we will be in heaven with Him, amen. If you've received Jesus Christ, as Lord and Saviour, one day you will be in heaven with him. But the reality is, it's not just about a journey from earth to heaven one day. God wants your life to be a pilgrimage where your heart is set on him. Amen? Now next week we're going to be sharing on the vision of Family Church for the next 12 months. or remaining 11 months and that's going to be awesome because what we're saying is we're a church that's going somewhere we don't want another year of just going through the motions of what we've done before no we are a visionary church we are apostolic led church that's going somewhere and saying God we are thankful for where you've brought us over the last 26 years but we're so excited where you're going to take us next. Amen. So next week we're going to be hearing 
about the vision of Family Church over the next few months. But the reality is, every one of you, you're on a journey. Amen? Now, that could take different context. It could be a health journey. It it could be a financial journey. It could be a relational journey. There's all manner of journeys it could be. And I want to speak over you today what I'm speaking over my own life. You will get to the other side. You will get to the, even though it feels strange and unusual, I want to prophesy over you today, whatever your journey in Jesus' name, if it's a God journey, if your heart is set on pilgrimage, you will get to the other side. Boy, that's loaded with hope, that statement, isn't it? Now, I don't want to bring you down, but I also want to say there may be storms. You will get to the other side, but there will be storms because if there aren't storms, it means that you're not moving. If there aren't storms, then it means you're not going anywhere. If there's not storms that you're experiencing, you're locked in a cabin somewhere and we need to be those whose hearts are set on journeying with God, amen. So there will be storms and there will be winds. I want to talk a little bit about winds. Is that okay? Talk about confirmation. I woke up this morning and looked at the news and it said, there's going to be unpredicted, unusual winds in England today. I thought, thank you, Lord. That was a lot of effort you went to, to confirm what I was going to speak this morning there, you know. Now, there will be winds. Number one, our hearts are set on pilgrimage. We're going to the other side. Who's, who's going to the other side with me? All right. Now, sometimes there's winds that come to resist you. They want to stop you, block you from arriving. Other times there's winds that come to waylay you or confuse you. We've got to be able to identify the different winds that we experience. There's going to be winds that resist you and there's going to be winds that assist you. How many people are ready for some winds that assist them? It's amazing that wind can be something that resists you and stops you or tries to stop you arriving. But winds can also be the things that if you harness them, will take you where you've never been before faster than you've ever gone. Now, as many of you know, I dabble in paddleboarding. I don't consider myself an expert, but I'm definitely not where I was when I started. (laughs) thank God for journeying you know I remember those early days of paddle boarding I didn't spend much time on the board I spend longer on it now but what I've learned and I didn't really know about tides and winds until I took up paddle boarding at South Sea Seafront that you can turn up and it can look like a nice day but suddenly the wind can change and on any given day, you can find yourself being resisted by the wind. If I get in at East Knee End and want to go to South Parade Pier or Clarence Pier, those are just pinpoints for those watching online, then if the wind is against me, it's going to be a workout. It's going to be some good exercise. But if the wind is behind me, it's easy street. I mean, I just stand there and the size of me means I am a cell. And the wind hits me, and every now and then I have to paddle. It's amazing that I can know winds that are there to resist me, and I can know winds that are there to assist me. 
In your life this year, you will know wins if you're walking with your heart set on God's journey for your life. You will experience wins that come to resist you. The good news is Jesus teaches us that we're to deal with those wins, not tolerate them. But also I'm believing for you that you will know wins that assist you. Come on, we're going to look at that one at the end, that the Holy Spirit is compared to oil, to dove, to fire, but he's also um, compared to the wind that blows where he pleaseth. Now, when I'm standing on my paddleboard, I can't stand there and tell the wind what to do. It doesn't listen. It either resists me and I work harder, or it assists me and I enjoy the journey. Come on, I can sense the wind changing in this room for some people today. Right, let's go to Mark chapter, I'm going to go to chapter 4. And I want to read about this storm, and we know that it's also mentioned in Matthew. I could tell you where it was, but I'd thrown my notes away, so I really can't now. But I want to read about this storm moment where there was a wind that came to resist the disciples. You ready? Most of you are familiar with this. It says in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. I believe that's what God's speaking over many lives today. Come on, let's, this year, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. Now, it was a nice day. It was a beautiful day. It was a day when fishermen and sailors were not scared to sail. But then it says in verse 37, suddenly a furious squall came up and the waves began to break over the boat. Other translations say a great windstorm suddenly appeared. Now Jesus was in, the, and the, the disciples began to freak out. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Why was he asleep? It wasn't because he was tired. It was because Jesus didn't have storms in his world that couldn't be solved. God wants you to realize that even in the midst of the storm, if you know he's in the boat, and you know that you're in the boat with him, there may be a storm, but it's not a storm that can't be settled. Storms come but storms also go. So Jesus was in the, in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Incredible people of faith, eh? Gives me so much hope. They're in a boat with the Son of God, and they're waking him going, we're going to die. I like to think, because I've read the book and learnt from their mistakes, I'd be snuggling up to Jesus saying, if this boat goes down, he's not going down. I'm going to tuck into him and it will be all right. And it says, the disciples woke him. Don't you care that we're going to be drowning? They saw the storm. He got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm so it went from calm to great windstorm back to calm now he said to his disciples why are you so afraid do you still have no faith they were terrified and asked each other who is this even the wind and the waves 
obey him. Listen, it teaches us just before that, in the same chapter, that Jesus was teaching a parable on a mustard seed. And he was saying the seed is perfect, it always produces, but sometimes the soil can be different. And the condition of the soil can determine the fruitfulness of the seed. He was literally teaching this parable before he got in the boat. You can read about it earlier on in Mark 4. But he says that some people stop journeying with God because persecution and trial come because of the word that was spoken. You've got to understand that your journey with God always starts with a word. If you're pilgrimaging with God today from one experience to another, it's got to be because you've heard a word from God of a better tomorrow, a new tomorrow, a stronger tomorrow. That's why we're always saying, church, live in the word. Because when you live in the word of God, reading the word of God, this living book, it's amazing how many times God will speak into a situation you're facing that needs another side. All right, We all get stuck on the shore sometimes going, I don't want to be here anymore. Suddenly a word of God comes and says, you don't need to get in the boat, journey with me and I'll take you to the other side. Now, this is what some Christians don't understand, that when God gives a word and direction of where we're heading next, a wind will rise to challenge that word. Now, no one could say, the disciples couldn't say that they hadn't been given direction. The opening of the passage that we read there says that Jesus said to them, get into the boat, we're going to the other side. Jesus didn't say, get in the boat, we're all going to drown together. He didn't say, get in the boat, some of you won't be coming back. He gave a clear word because he had an agenda that side of Galilee. He said, boys, get in the boat. We are going to the other side. Listen, when God speaks a word of another side for you, it doesn't mean that there won't be storms. That the word that God's spoken to you won't be challenged, even by people close to you. You've got to stay persuaded on what Jesus has said to you about a different tomorrow. And not give up when the word is challenged. What challenges the word? The storm. A storm and a wind arises to challenge what God has spoken over your life regarding a miracle, a new destination, a fresh tomorrow. What we've got to do is stay in the boat with Jesus. But also, we see that Jesus gets up from his sleep and he talks to the wind and he just simply doesn't have a discussion He doesn't have a a, a debate, a presidential debate with it. He just gets up, looks at his disciples, annoyed because they woke him. He was 100% God, 100% man. And then he looks at the wind and he says, stop it. Instantly the wind stops. But then he turns to his disciples and says, you could have done this. Come on, read about the rebuke. He wasn't having a bad hair day. He was saying, you didn't need to wake me up. You could have spoken with the authority I've given you to the wind that suddenly appeared to stop you and it would have stopped. He says, where's your faith? What do we learn 2,000 years later? God wants us to speak to certain storms in our life. You don't need to wake him up. 
He's given you authority to deal with storms that come to resist you. Why did this storm rise up? Well, if you read on a little bit in the storyline, you read on in Mark there, it says, and when they got to the other side, there was a demoniac, a man filled with a legion of demons that no one could control. They tried tying him up, locking him up, but he broke every chain. The other side of the journey was a man that needed help. And when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, he had that man in mind. Isn't that awesome? Don't you love it that God's so many more steps in front of us? The reason he got into the boat was he knew there was a man on the other side that was bound by Satan and needed to be liberated and set free. That was the purpose of the trip. So they're in a boat. Suddenly the devil thinks, why is Jesus taking a boat trip across Galilee? Hmm, where's he going? Because the devil knows nothing. And so he's watching Jesus and he suddenly says, he's pointed that boat towards the area of Genoese. There's only one thing on that area. And that's my piece de la resistance, demon man, someone so controlled, I've ruined his life so it can't be ruined anymore. Wait a moment, wait a moment. Jesus and the marvelettes, that's what I like to call them because everywhere Jesus went, he did things and it says they marveled. Where are Jesus and the marvelettes going? They're going to ruin my handiwork. Jesus is going to set that man who's so bound by me free. So he orchestrates a storm to resist or stop them. But Jesus said, no weapon fashioned against me can prosper. So Jesus dealt with the storm, not so that they could have a day on the lake, but they could get to the other side and see a man who was in captivity set free. Why do we battle storms in family church? Because we're not sitting here waiting for Jesus to collect us. We're a church that says we're going after everyone that's bound by Satan. We're going over after everyone that doesn't know Jesus yet. We're going after everyone in our city, in the towns and in the villages that haven't yet received Christ as Saviour. We're not sitting on the shore. We're in the boat. You better believe that because we're a moving vehicle with the heart of God in our heart, we will get winds that resist us. And that's why it's important that we know how to stand up and say, cut it out, wind. Stop it in Jesus' name. The Lord has said, we will get to the other side. Sometimes the journey can be confusing. Sometimes it doesn't look like it should look. But if Jesus has said, you will arrive then you will arrive. But that doesn't mean you don't deal with storms that come to resist you midway. Everybody with me? Then we can speak of another category of resisting warm, uh, uh, storms or winds and we call them contrary winds. Now the word contrary means indirect opposition to. Sometimes you'll be on your journey with God and that's what Christianity, Christianity should be. Every one of us should not be people who feel we've arrived, but people 
who are on a pilgrimage. Blessed is the person who sets their heart on pilgrimage. They will go from strength to strength. Even when they go through valleys of weeping, they will turn them to pools of joy. Amen. We are God's people that have set our hearts on pilgrimage. I don't want to be the same Andy Elms this time next year. I want to be changed, transformed, more like him than what I was this year. Come on, our hearts are set on, 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 on pilgrimage with God. So you can experience storms that come to resist you, but you can also experience contrary storms. Storms that come to confuse you and leave you somewhere you weren't meant to go. Now, we, we, we deal with um, storms of resistance by rebuking them, speaking out in faith what we believe in our heart. But with contrary storms, I believe there's area for us to always make sure we're being led by the Spirit and not ending up in places we shouldn't have ended up. You see, Paul ended up in Malta in a shipwreck, but he never should have been there and he told the captain not to set sail. But hey, when you're a fisherman or the owner of a ship, you know everything, right? Sometimes you need to understand that you could be doing something and it all seems good or normal, yet inside of you, you feel the Holy Spirit saying, don't do this. This isn't going to end like you think. We need to understand we don't rebuke those storms. We follow the leading of the Spirit and we say, I'm not coming with you on that. Let me give you an image of this in the book of Acts, chapter 26. This is a big passage of scripture, but you can't overdose with too much Bible, so I'm not scared for any of you, all right? You can't have too much Bible. You know that, right? Now, this is the moment where they're moving Paul uh, towards Rome for his judgment, his punishment, his trial. And the journey had already been encountering a lot of storms. You read about it. In chapter 27, storm, storm, stop, storm, stop, storm, stop, start again, storm. But there comes to this storm, and I'm going to pick up the storyline in verse 9. And it says, much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement when the seasons change. Listen to this. So Paul warned them. Listen, I always want to be... Um, speaking from what the Holy Spirit's saying, not just what natural business acumen or organizational wisdom says. We need to be a church that hears him. It says, and Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to this ship and cargo, to also our own lives. What do you mean, Paul, you can see? Because it was a calm day. Now, he was seeing in prayer, this is not good. We shouldn't do this. But the centurion, instead of listening to Paul, the apostle Paul, said, follow the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbour was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on. Okay. Hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbour in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. Okay. 
You've got the Apostle Paul, who's got direct link to God, saying, I know it looks calm. Don't do this. But the centurion responds, I think it's okay. I've spoken to the pilot. He knows boats. He says it's okay. In fact, we put it to a public vote. And everyone says it's okay. So Paul says, I don't know what to do for you. If you won't listen to what heaven's saying, we're going to have to go through this. But there could be loss of cargo and that of life. Now listen, verse 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Gentle south wind. Everything is wonderful. Being here is heavenly. What a beautiful day for a boat ride. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called a northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way and were driven along. It started to take us where we didn't want to go. Later on, that wind takes the boat and causes it to crash. They get abandoned on the Isle of Malta. Snakes are biting people. None of that was meant to be the other side. So what am I saying? Be careful not just of winds that suddenly appear to resist you, but sometimes winds that sound nice. Wisdom that sounds kind of right. Well, he knows what he's doing. Oh, they know what they're doing. Yet at the same time, within your spirit, you feel the Holy Ghost saying, this journey will not go well. I want to be a person as I grow from glory to glory, from faith to faith, into being somebody like the Apostle Paul, that can hear God about an intended route and not be scared to say to those who are professionally trained, we're not doing it. But I've got a degree in, well, I'm a doctor. No, I've got a degree in business management. God's telling us not to do it. But this makes sense for our organisation. Sorry, God's told us not to do it. I've got a check in my spirit but we shouldn't take this journey. Come on. If you do that, you avoid shipwrecks. So we are going to the other side. Each of these I could teach on for a week, I think. There's, there's winds that come to resist you, especially when you have the freedom of others in your heart. There's contrary winds that come when everything looks reasonable, yet you know you shouldn't have taken that journey. Anybody ready for some good news? <laughs> and there's Holy Spirit winds that come to assist you and cause you to arrive where you were called to arrive faster than you could have got there on your own. Ah, oh, this year I want to yield to the winds of the Holy Spirit. More, I want the Holy Spirit to blow in this place more than we've ever seen him blow. 
I want to see the Holy Spirit guiding lives and blowing lives in new directions he has for them. I want to see people of family church getting to the other side this year. Whatever that miracle that seems so long, that journey that's been so arduous, I'm believing this year that this will be a year where people arrive to the other side and it's exactly like Jesus promised it would be. Anybody want that? So when we talk about winds of assistance, like I said, when I'm on my paddleboard and it's a day where the wind's going the same direction as me, it feels so easy. You cut through the water. You hardly have to paddle. Now, don't get me wrong. All of us experience going against the winds, being confused by winds. But more and more, we've got to be a people that say, come on, Holy Spirit, blow me where you want me to go. Wherever your word is said, I'm to go next. Let the wind blow me in that direction. I want the winds that assist. Boy, I've known the ones that resist. See, Jesus was constantly dealing with winds that were trying to resist where he was heading. Jesus knew he came to earth to go to the cross. He knew that his greatest accomplishment was to die on a cross to save the human race. But every wind that the enemy, once the enemy knew, well, even before he was a child, when he was a baby, the enemy was trying to kill him because he knew he couldn't let him get to the other side. For him, that was a cross. But even sometimes his disciples would come and say, we're not going to let you die. You can't die on a cross. And you see Jesus turn to those he loved and say, get behind me. That's a contrary wind. I know what God's told me to do. And nothing's stopping this journey because the salvation of the human race is on the table. Now, if that's what Jesus experienced, won't we experience that too sometimes? But I want the winds of assistance. You know, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, I think it's in John 3, he says, the wind blows where he pleases without permission in the direction He's intending to go. And no man can stop him. No man can stop him. Can you imagine an image of me on my paddleboard on a windy day shouting at the wind? You will stop. You will help me. The wind is going to take no notice of me. When the wind of the Spirit blows, it blows you in the direction that God's got for you. It causes you to accelerate. Come on, let this be a year of acceleration for Family Church. Let this be an accelerating year, not just for family church, but for you. But you also read about the wind of the Holy Spirit in the book of Exodus. You know that he's the same Holy Spirit that was in Genesis, Exodus, right? There's not another Holy Spirit. We haven't got a modern version of the Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit that was there with creation, with God, creating what the Father spoke. Remember, the Father spoke the word and the Holy Spirit brought that journey to fulfillment. He took the word and brought it to completion. Still today, when God speaks his word over your life, over your situation, the Holy Spirit is there to bring that word and that promise to fulfillment. Isn't that awesome? All we got to do is begin to put ourselves out and catch the wind of the Spirit. But when you read about the children of Israel being brought out of the captivity of Egypt... You see that there was wind in that storyline. Did you ever think about that? 
But it says that when they brought the children out, a picture of our salvation brought out of captivity and slavery through the Red Sea, um, a picture of baptism into a journey that was meant to leave them. Their other side was meant to be a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, because of disobedience and unbelief, they actually didn't see that, but their next generation did. We understand the, the principle there. But it's amazing when God is leading them out, He's bringing them to the other side. What shore were they on? Captivity under Egypt. They were slaves. What was the shoreline that God had for them? The promised land. A place where they owned the land. A place where they were living on milk and honey. Overcoming giants. Living in victory. But when you read the book of Exodus, you see there's a journey from slavery, what they'd known, to the other side, which was freedom that God had for them. But what I love was they weren't walking that journey alone. God was with them. And when you begin to read this storyline in chapter 14, you see a couple of things happen. You start reading around verse 19 and you see that God caused a cloud by day and a fire by night. On their side was light. On the other side, the side of the enemy was darkness. The enemy couldn't get through the cloud, the pillar of cloud, or the pillar of fire to harm the people of God. I thought of something this morning. How do you make a cloud? How do you make a tornado? Because it wasn't a little cloud that looked like a bunny. Is it a bunny? Is it a rabbit? Is it a bear? It wasn't one of those little clouds. It was a tornado that was impassable. I want to put to you today, members of the jury, that takes wind. When you're going in God's direction for your life, God will cause tornado protection over you. He will come behind you so that those that want to drag you back can't get to you. That was the Holy Spirit creating with wind an impassable tornado. And he'll do the same for us today if we're going in God's direction. But then I also love what the wind did next they come to an impassable sea they come to a moment and this is you know maybe you're in business and you've known these moments maybe you've had family situations and you've had these moments maybe you're in a health issue right now and you're standing on the edge of the sea saying I don't know how we will get to the other side there's an ocean it's impossible I can hear the enemy behind me and it says that all of a sudden, God spoke to Moses, stretch forth your staff. Now, that wasn't like, I've got staff in family church, but I'm talking about a stick. He didn't get his staff members or his team and stretch them forward. I just want to, in case anyone's confused by that. It was a, a stick, just an everyday stick, cousin of a twig, uncle of a toothpick, a stick. God says, stretch that stick by faith over what's impossible and watch what happens. So Moses is like, never done this before, haven't read the book of Exodus. Hey, going to die if we don't, let's give this a go. But listen, it says, then Moses, verse 21, stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind and turned water into dry land 
Then the waters were divided. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and to the left. And when the children of Israel came through and the last foot of the children of Egypt or those who had them in slavery stepped in, God said to the wind, stop. And that wind stopped and captivity was drowned as a picture for us that we've been set free from Egypt. We've come through the waters of new birth and baptism and God has liberated us from the things that once had a hold on us. Come on, that's the good news of salvation. That's the experience everyone can have. But what I want to put to you as we close is he still splits the ocean today. The Holy Spirit still blows today and makes a way where there seems to be no way. When I know that I'm here and this year God says I'm going to be here, no, no, stop. You've got everything you need. Once you have the word, we are going to the other side. The how is down to him. You need to get in the boat and say, when a wind of resistance comes, I'm going to I'm going to deal with it in Jesus' name. I'm going to command that devilish wind. Stop. I'm going where God wants me to go. When there's contrary winds that come to waylay me and leave me shipwrecked, I'm going to know the leading of the Spirit. I'm going to sit around board tables and say, I know it makes sense, guys, but I've got this huge no inside my spirit. We're not going to go that way because we don't need any shipwrecks. But also I want to know That wind that can part the ocean. That wind that can split the sea. That wind that doesn't ask for the permission of man. That wind that blows where it pleases and takes the people who are yielding to it into the new sides of the ocean that they've never seen. So this year, we are going to the other side. There will be winds but the winds won't stop us. And we're a people who hunger that the spirit would blow like wind in the corridors of our life and the chambers of family church. Holy Spirit, we open the windows. We open the doors. Blow, Holy Spirit. Blow as you blow. Do what you want to do. Take away the dust. Take away the rust. Blow the window frames out of the window holes. Do what you want to do, Holy Spirit. We will not stop you. We cannot stop you. We will not try to restrict you. We will not tell you what to do, Holy Spirit. This church belongs to you. We're desperate and we're hungry, Holy Spirit, for you to use us in Portsmouth like you want to use us, for us to have favour where you want us to have favor for us this year to go to the other side if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus how can I put this nicely you're on a boat that's sinking and you're on your own but that can change right now you see when you welcome Jesus into your life you welcome Jesus into the boat of your existence he didn't just come to be with you but he comes to live in you come on man the last 35 years I've lived with Jesus in the boat I can't claim I listen to him every time that would be a lie but I've learned to listen to him more if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Saviour we're going to pray a simple prayer 
And I'm just going to invite you to do that, whether you're here in person or you're watching online. One simple prayer, like the thief on the cross, one simple statement, I believe you are who you say you are, Jesus, can give you the other side of paradise instead of the other side of eternal separation. Let's pray this together, church. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me, to save me from my sin and to give me a new beginning. Thank you that when I believe in you, Jesus, every sin is washed away. You cause me to have a new beginning. A fresh start begins. Jesus, I choose you. Be the captain of this ship. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today, you've never prayed that prayer or maybe you've been away from God. But you don't know if you've received Jesus. You just prayed a prayer that does the work. All you need to do is make a response now. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you've been away from God and today you're coming back to do something very brave for me, please. I'm going to ask you when I count to three to lift your hand, whether you're here in person or watching at home. God sees that hand. Even if you're alone in a room, God sees that hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Is there anyone today in the sound of my voice that needs to give their life to Jesus? Welcome Jesus into the boat of their life. Everybody a God lover? Everybody belong to his kingdom? Father, I thank you today that we are going to the other side. Thank you that you give us authority to speak to every storm that tries to resist us. You give us wisdom to avoid the contrary winds that look like nice southern winds. And you give us excitement that we would know the blowing and the leading of your spirit in 2024. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you. Have an incredible week.